Previously on Willing to Adapt. I was kind of just vaguely aware that Jane Austen was a person and that she had written a bunch of literature for women and <laughs> and it was old. But she was from England. That's all that matters. She was from the Shire with the Hobbit. Yes. That's yes. Like, that was historically accurate. Yes. yes. I, I asked him, I was like, have you read Pride and Prejudice? Mm-hmm. And he's like, what's that? And I thought he was joking. Yeah. I, I just assume everybody's heard of Pride and Prejudice. And I was like, you've, didn't, you've never read Pride and Prejudice? You know, by Jane Austen? He's like, who? And I'm like, you're joking, right? And I'm like, Mr. Darcy, Elizabeth Bennet. And he's like, no, I, I, don't, I don't know. And then I remembered he went to like an all-boys Catholic school. The novel itself, its main theme is love and marriage. But I and some people also argue that, to a lesser degree, a theme is manners. <laughs> I thought the theme was pride. And prejudice. <laughs> We're going to talk about two different adaptations today, one of them being the 1995 BBC adaptation, which is just spectacular. And then the other, <laughs> the other one is the 2005 Keir Knightley version. And he he's w- and he's awkward he because he's like completely on. wet and he's not completely clothed and wasn't expecting company. The production team for the BBC adaptation, this sounds funny to say, but they were emphasizing sex and money as the themes of the story. I don't think I've ever met anybody who dislikes Elizabeth. For me, I'll be honest, it's, it's kind of like, that's what I want in a... <laughs> I would like a wife similar to that to some degree, you know? Elizabeth would be reading a letter, she'd be like, and then we went over here and we did this, and she'd be like, oh, you stupid girl! I would just be like, that's great, that's, that's just me reading anything. <laughs> We're kind of partly right, both of us. Yeah, but one of us is more right than the other. (laughs) I'm Eric Von Crumley. And I'm Romy Reyes. Have you ever wondered how a book becomes a movie? Or how a movie becomes a musical? Or how anything is adapted at all? Join us as we talk about your favorite stories and all the changes that were made along the way. But more importantly, why? This is Willing to Adapt. So, moving on to the Keira Knightley version, I need, and this, I don't, this is not a great way to start this. I need to preface <laughs> this by saying I don't hate the Keira Knightley version. I acknowledge that it is very difficult to, to pull everything from the story into a two-hour movie. Mm-hmm. I did not like the Keira Knightley version nearly as much as the BBC version. Okay. I think it has its merits. Mm-hmm. I think it is a, it is a decent movie. I think it does its job well. Mm-hmm. I think, based off the book, it was personally not a great adaptation. Okay, let me ask you this then. How about as adaptation, which is the whole point of this podcast, but adaptation aside, mm-hmm. and looking at it as just a work of art? No, I, I appreciate what it does. Mm-hmm. But I'm a stickler for... Let me, let's talk about the movie before we get into that. Okay. Did you have notes about the Kiernatli version that you want to go over first? Uh, no, really, I have lots of notes, but I didn't read them beforehand, so I don't really know what I want to talk about for that part. You know that I, I have strong opinions about something when most of my notes are about this one movie. Okay. Yeah, that's true. I think, yes, I think um, out of all my notes, 75% of my notes are about this movie. Dang. I mean, that's probably an exaggeration, but whatever. So I'm gonna Let me start with this. So the Kiernatli version came out in 2005. This I found this online. So this was kind of interesting to me, and I kind of liked this. I did not know this prior to watching it the first time. So they were citing the year Austin first wrote the draft of the novel, 
it was 1797, I believe. Um, the director of the Keir Knightley version and the producer, they changed the period setting from 1813 when the novel was published, mm -hmm. and most versions are set in that date. They changed it to the late 18th century in 1797, to when it was first written. Okay. And I read that this decision was partly because the director, whose last name was Wright, um, they wanted to highlight the differences within an England influenced by the French Revolution. And that's what he says, at least. As he was fascinated that it caused an atmosphere among the British aristocracy of fear. Um, additionally, Wright chose the earlier period because he hated dresses with an empire silhouette, which were popular in the later period. So for me, I'm just like, so did you purposefully change it because you didn't want to put them in empire dresses and you just came <laughs> up with a reason or did you have a reason and it just which, worked out which is really ironic considering in austin's writings that is unimportant right yes it's like yeah yes so and the other reason i found is for changing the time period was it helped them differentiate from other adaptations like it visually looked different like, you weren't battling with other adaptations that were set in the same time period. Okay. okay. So all the dresses and stuff looked different. Um, and I, I think I can get behind that. You know, I, I can get behind the argument that you, you're setting it in 1797 because that was when it was first written. Yeah. Even though she finalized it in 1813 and that was when it was published. Mm -hmm. And, like, you could argue that that was the more real one because that's the the finalized one <laughs> yeah i could get i can get behind that whole this was when it was first written and this was this was the culture and the time period that she was intending it to be set in yeah i can get behind that i like that mm -hmm. i don't like the i want to be different than other people <laughs> but isn't that what people do when they do I just, I just don't like it. I know it. you you're yeah. a, a, a purist and so yes i, I but for me it's because I don't know the director, like I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. But for me, it just sounds like I don't want. I want to stand out. Like that's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. Which is fine, I guess. Um, but you know, just to stand out, to stand out, like I don't think it's a great reason. So I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt because it does sound like he had multiple reasons. Yeah. Um, Something tells me we have a lot of uh, these conversations with different adaptations. Yes. Um, <laughs> and so. What I found is they wanted to make an adaptation that did not conform to the television drama stereotypes of a perfect, clean Regency world, which is what we did see in the BBC version. Like, it was very clean. Yeah. Um, and so instead, they opted for what they called a muddy hem version of Longbourn, which is the city, the town that they come from. Um, and they wanted to present a I, more I rural setting than in previous adaptations. Mm. And they wanted to depict the Bennets in a very close proximity to their rural life. Okay. Um, and they wanted to emphasize their relative poverty, which I didn't agree with so much. You didn't agree with that choice? I, well, let me finish this. Okay. While the degree of poverty was criticized by some critics... Wright felt that the mess adds to the drama of the predicament that the family were in. And he helps contrast the Bennets, the Darcys, and the Bingleys. And so if you're looking back at different adaptations and everything, it is important to note, and it's even said in the book, 
she that the Bennets are a middle class family. Yeah. Like they don't make nearly as much as the Bingleys and nothing like Darcy. Yeah. Um and then Darcy's aunt is like the upper class, like real upper class echelon. Mm-hmm. Um What's her name? The 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 aunt? The aunt? Yeah. What's her last name? Oh, uh, Lady Catherine de Bourgh. Okay, I just wanted, I just wanted to hear hear the the, the because it, it... I, I can't unhear how Mr. Collins says it <laughs> yes. so many times. I loved hearing the my her patron, name. Lady Catherine, Catherine de Bourgh. Yes, <laughs> I need to like make a drinking game <laughs> every time he says Lady Catherine de Bourgh. <laughs> I know some people who would join, uh, but um. They make a point in the novel that yes, she does their family does not make as much as the others and they are technically kind of of a lower class, mm-hmm. but they're really not. They it is pointed out especially by Elizabeth that Elizabeth's father is a gentleman yes. and so is Darcy. And he's educated, so, which was pointed out. And they are all educated, yeah. which puts them on equal playing fields. Yes. So even though her family doesn't make as much, mm-hmm. they're not in the poorhouse. I think what set Darcy well, well, what sets Darcy apart even more so of course his his the money, you know, he I forgot what the amount was, but um he comes from an old family. Right. And that I think in that time trumped even if you had the titles because I, I i read somewhere where there's there was kind of the the titles and nobility and then there was the old families yes and the old families may not have had the titles and nobility but they were considered almost slightly higher than even the titles and nobility yes there it, it makes a point of that <clears throat> a little bit in the novel and i in the research for the time it talks about how this was a time of a growing middle class yeah and so there were a lot of people in the middle class. Mm-hmm. And it was a good place to be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's still a good place to be. Jane Austen makes a point in her book of not like outright condemning, but looking down on a lot of the pride the characters have, uh, especially Darcy and especially his aunt, Lady Catherine de Bourgh, and um, Caroline Bingley. Yeah. Because um, she points out essentially that like their pride is useless mm-hmm. like they're looking down on people who are not that far down from them yeah and and so it's it's kind of ridiculous like yes they do make more than them and some of them do come from old lineage mm-hmm. but like these people are not that far down the chain and and and, and i think the other thing too I, I kind of got from it is that she points out that they're not as human they they, they don't have fun in life Yes, you know. Yes. I mean, granted, I, I, and yet at the same time, there's too much uh, immoral fun, which is Lydia, and even or unrefined fun, like her dad. It's like uncontrolled. Yeah. Yes. And yet, at the same time, on the other end, there's Lady De, Lady de Berg, de Berg, de Berg, How do you say it? Mm-hmm. Um, Lady Catherine de Berg. Exactly. So Lady Catherine, and then Darcy, who don't know how to. I mean, they they barely they can't yeah. laugh. And even even the Bingleys though are they make less money so they're closer to Elizabeth, they're not far away from that know how to have fun in life, uh, yeah. Because group, yeah. You you get you get the idea that they're not that far from each other. No, no. And um, and they they even they even say like the fact that the Bingleys can marry the Bennets and like that is normal and yes. and that. The idea that Elizabeth could marry Darcy is not out of the question. Mm-hmm. 
Like, the biggest thing is that her family is what's getting in the way. I wonder, would you agree in that perhaps it's because as time has gone on, especially since the 90s, we've gotten to a point where we feel, many people feel we have to make a statement about the differences in classes. Whereas with Austin, she was making statements, but ultimately, kind of going back to what we were saying, I, I was saying at the beginning, it's not so much about a class warfare no, issue. It's no. more about a personality. She's, she's kind of reflecting on what she was seeing around her. Yeah, it's a it, reality, yeah. but ultimately it's what's inside the person that counts and yeah. what's more important. Yeah, and that's why it's, that's why I always say it's like a book of manners because yes. it's, it's about their character. It's mm-hmm. about you know staying true to their values and... And like who they are, like in grow growing as a person. Yeah, I mean, when you said that, that's what the director was thinking. Is yeah. he wanted to kind of show that difference? Because yeah. if like... you look at the book, it's cool because you you get you get these characters that are contrasting each other, mm-hmm. and they're from all different backgrounds. Yeah. So you see characters who are very noble, mm-hmm. but are not of a noble family, mm-hmm. and you see characters that are from a noble family, but are jerks, and they don't like they act like they're helping, but they're controlling. Yeah, and then you get you know a wide range. So like she does this great job of like comparing and contrasting all these characters and and putting them in positions that you would not normally find them. Yes, I agree. And I like that a lot. And and one thing I found is that the director of the Kira Knightley version, Joe Wright, he had actually encouraged people, the his crew and team, to not be completely faithful. Like going into it, he told them like you mm. don't need to be faithful. Interesting. And and like I already said, he focused on a messier image. He really wanted to contrast the difference between the Bennets and the Bingleys and Darcy's. The themes for him that he wanted to emphasize were realism, romanticism, mm. and family. Okay. And that makes sense. Yes. And it was marketed to a younger, more mainstream audience. Okay. And that alone kind of irked me because Jane Austen did not like romanticism. No. She stayed away from it. She was all about I have, being real. I have somewhere in one of my notes here, I actually have a quote where she she actually makes a, uh, one of her letters. She basically said she was not a romantic. Right. And you know, everybody loved it point. because it was not romanticism. Mm-hmm. Like, it it felt real. Like, it felt like these were real people. Yes. And, like, these events were happening in the way that you would expect them and so on. Mm-hmm. You finding your notes? I'm finding my notes. And so when I read that, I was kind of put off by it. Yeah. Because, I mean, you can watch it and you know it's romanticism when you watch it. Um, like, it's basically a romantic comedy. The production staff said that they wanted to focus more on Elizabeth, like in the book, and they wanted to tell the story from her perspective, um, more like in the book, like I said. Mm-hmm. They've also said that they wanted to make the audience feel as if they were actually there. Like, an, like they wanted to, the audience to feel as if they'd entered the world. And that they were observing it on their own with, and they had all these sweeping scenes that follow multiple characters around, um, such as at the Netherfield Ball. And so that's just one of the things I kept coming back in the research that I was confused about because they they keep saying these things like they wanted it to be one thing and then they'll turn around and say, but we also want it to be this. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, well, which is it? Like we we can't be following from Elizabeth's perspective and yet be our own character. Mm-hmm. You know. Like I maybe I get you're now we're taking a break from Elizabeth and now we're our own character. I don't know. It just felt like I don't know. It, it was it seemed like there's a little bit of a lack of focus sometimes. In, in my opinion. 
Once again, I probably have to go back and rewatch it again because it was quite some time again. Yeah. Uh, but here, here where she says, when she was talking about, okay, she didn't quite say she's not a romanticism, but she said she could no more write a romance than an epic poem. No, I must keep to my own style and go in my on in my own way. And though I may never succeed in that, I am convinced convinced that I should totally fail in any other. Yeah, she was not. It says she was not a writer goal, writer of historical romance. To her, that was not what she was. She wanted to look at at people at the time at the uh, what people were like and how yeah, they interacted. I think somebody once called it a parlor drama. Okay, something like that because it was something that you would see in your own parlor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, so, so that kind of put me off a bit. Because okay. you do watch it, and you definitely know it's it's a little over the top. It's exaggerated. Oh, yeah. No, it was more dramatic. And now, okay, so coming at it from the watching the movie first, I, I will get say I got swept up in the cinematography of it. Oh, no, it's gorgeous. It is. It is. I need, to, I need people to so. know the movie is gorgeous. <laughs> Before you start writing hate mail to him. Yes. Uh, no, I, I, and I think that's why I prefaced it with I don't hate the movie. Um, <laughs> I, I definitely don't think it's the best adaptation, in my opinion. But I do like the... That's, Oh, I, I asked at first. I like the soundtrack. I like the visuals. Mm-hmm. I do appreciate that a lot of it is real. A lot of it, like, the realism is correct for a lot of it, except for when they're being over-romantic. Yeah. Well, I mean, so is that more likely how they would have... Well, and then you were saying that it was a different... It was, a like, what, 10, 15 years prior to what it originally would have been the setting. So... Because I did pick up on the whole dirtiness, like yes. they were so much, and, more and it dirty. was dark. Like, yeah, like you would see scenes set literally with just candles, and then their servants were a lot more disheveled, I guess, than the servants in the. Because, like, when you're watching the other one, it, the servants are like the servants from, say, Mary Poppins. You know, where you could tell they weren't rich, rich folk. Yes, but they they were still servants, yeah. but they were. I, I think, I think looking at both adaptations, I think both of them tried to be realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, in different ways. Okay. So I feel like in in aspects like with the servants and stuff and like the Bennett household mm-hmm. and things like that, the BBC adaptation was more accurate in that aspect. Whereas like everyday life with like how it was lit and how it looked and how people, you, you know, yeah. interacted generally, I feel like the Keira Knightley version was more accurate in how realistic it was. So I think it was a give and take on both mm-hmm. sides. What about sure. what about Keira Knightley's portrayal of Elizabeth? I didn't like it. Okay. So since I watched it first... Sure, tell me. And because I think she's very attractive... You see, I, I don't... She's not, she's not unattractive. I ever just, since I saw her in Star Wars. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Don't ask me why, but yes, uh, and and of course the pirates. Of I I, you know, pirates is the reason she got this role. Really? Yes. Okay, I did not know that. So I I've always thought she was a very attractive woman, and my thing is that she she tends to play the same characters. Yes, but not having read the book yet, and not seeing the the BBC version yet, mm-hmm. it worked for me. Sure. Okay. Now that if I when I go back and I will probably go back um, and rewatch it, I'm curious to see how I react. You know what my feelings are towards it yes. this time around. But we it, need to return it, to and just this. and thinking about it, I will say, as endeared as I be, as she became to me in the original watching of it, much like some of the stuff I watch today, kind of like the new Star Wars, I will appreciate it for what it is. Sure, not as a faithful adaptation. 
And I, I have to do that too. Yeah. Um, and before we go into like the characters and the actors that play them and stuff, I need to say this. Mm-hmm. When I found this out, my mind was... It wasn't blown because it made sense. <laughs> Let me just say that. It, it, everything came into focus, I mm-hmm. think is what I should say. When in my research for the 2005 Kira Knightley version, yeah. um, I learned that while they were getting ready to make the film and figure out what they wanted to do and all that, um, they were looking at other period films in inspiration. But director Joe Wright also sought inspiration from movies such as 16 Candles and Breakfast Club. (laughs) And when I read that, I said, oh my gosh, you're just trying to get people to watch your movie. Yeah, and that's and that's the hard part with adaptations, and especially if you want you're making an adaptation that you want to do well at the box office. Right, you're gonna do something because like like part of me, I, I I wasn't sure how why they made the artistic choices they made, but part of me kind of wondered, and, and I think you did say it. This was part of the reason was he wanted to show the extremes between say Richard, yes, you know, and so forth. He he and, was he was using a, he was using artistic license to exaggerate yes and i think that that can be and i think it was done well in his right. version but at the same time i think you could if, if you're someone who can do it without having to do it explicitly one you're trusting the intelligent intelligence level of your audience right which i don't think i feel like oftentimes authors and 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 direct movie uh, writers and directors don't necessarily trust audiences intelligence these days no yeah. No, and, and subtlety is something that nobody knows anymore. Yes, and and so uh, unless you're one of our listeners, and we know you're, we yeah. that's why you're listening to us because you appreciate all this stuff like we do. <laughs> and so, as much as I did appreciate it, these thoughts were going through my head as I was watching it, and I was because I had already read a few chapters as I've said a couple like five fifty times already, and so I was wondering like why did he go that route? Why did he do that? And and that's the main thing that kept coming to my mind was yeah. so when you see like the characters like acting goofy or like these weird shots or <clears throat> there's a scene where Mr. Bingley and Mr. Darcy are rehearsing like a like a proposal scene mm-hmm. like that's all inspiration they got from 80s oh, yes. like teen I, movies I, yeah they did stick out as being odd at the you know even at the time yeah there's there's so many scenes now that now that you know that that was part of his inspiration <laughs> yes. that you're like oh yeah yes, this movie makes... was basically an 80s movie yes uh-huh and you're like, I can't watch this any other way now. <laughs> but um, so no, you talked to me about Kira Knightley. Mm-hmm. Personally, I I'm not super into Kira Knightley. Okay. Like I mm-hmm. I already said I think she just she's kind of typecast. Yeah. And she kind of just tends to play the characters very similarly, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um. So I just get kind of tired of her, I guess. Okay. And that's whatever. Yeah. This movie also came out when she was early in her career. Yeah. So. Remember, I also don't watch a lot of movies, so. Sure. Um, <laughs> so I'm not... Uh, but I think one of the things that really bothered me uh-huh. about her characterization in this is, like, they like they purposefully chose to make her, like said, earthy. Like, they always put her in, like, mm. muted tones and very earthy colors, yeah. whereas, like, like, the Bingleys and stuff would be in brighter colors. I don't remember Carolyn Bingley in this one. And there, and there was no well, other sister. Well, there was no other sister. Yeah, the other sister That was, was the absent. one thing. Like, it was just Caroline. Yeah. And she had blonde hair. I vaguely remember Which makes now. no difference. I just remember it being blonde. Yeah. I'm going to look her picture up. Um, 
if I can get rid of Sephira. They they had put her actually in an empire dress because a silhouette because they wanted her to be like the epitome of modern fashion, whereas a lot of the other girls would be in older style dresses. And um, Lady Catherine de Bourgh was actually in an older style <laughs> dress. <clears throat> but what I what I I didn't like about her. And I don't know how much of this was her, and I don't know how much of this was the director, but she just came off very spiteful to people. Um, Kira Knightley. Yeah. She came off so spiteful, and, you know, whereas Elizabeth in the book, she's very wise, and she kind of, like, every once in a while she might say something to, like, like, she doesn't put people in their place, but, like, she she kind of will say something to, like, correct them in a nice way. Uh-huh. I feel like Kira Knightley, she's... She was kind of obstinate. Like she mm. would just flat out say things to people that were, like, kind of mean. Yeah, no, and, and that's why I, I want to watch it again because I want to compare the characters. Yes, because I think when I was after only reading a few chapters and watching it, I and it's funny. It was, and 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 for I, a modern audience, it was, and I and I did I like the way she portrayed the character because I had yet to really read right. the character. Yeah. Like in one of the things I noticed that they added for the movie that was not in the book is when they're at the ball, they're talking and he Darcy had already said that he wouldn't dance and he didn't want to dance with Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. And at one point she's kind of like egging him on and it's not it's not really in the book. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> at one point they're having a conversation and they're talking about like what they recommend that social people do or whatever, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then she ends up looking at him straight in the eye and she's like, dance. And then she like walks like off like super smug. Yeah. And I was like, that was not in the book. <laughs> she would not have said that. Yeah. That was kind of mean. But it was funny. Mm-hmm. But it, it was like, it was so out of character, you know? Yeah. And um, like one of the things that I noticed is like in the book, she she stands up for herself. Like she refuses Mr. Collins' marriage proposal and... She does stand up to characters. Like, she doesn't get pushed on. Like, she doesn't allow people to walk all over her. Mm. But she's not mean to them. Yeah. And, but she doesn't, she also doesn't run away. Mm-hmm. Like, she stands her ground. So, Elizabeth in, in the <clears throat> BBC version and also in the book were very much more, the BBC version was faithful to the Jane Austen's adaptation of what a, what Elizabeth being, Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth Bennet was, is. She's an atypical woman of her time. Well, and I didn't feel like she was atypical for her time necessarily so much as she was atypical for her where she was. Okay. Well, so, yes. And so that idea. In the 2005 version, did they modernize her? Oh, they definitely modernized her. To be more of a... Yeah, so they perhaps they gave her more of a modern sentimentality. Mm -hmm. But the thing that I did not like is like how many times she would like give no reason for saying no to something and then she would just run away like she'd be like you can't make me and then she would run away i'm trying to remember like when she, when um they wanted her to marry mr collins she like ran away and then she was like oh out. yes she's like out by the yes, lake and, it's nothing and then like her that. mom comes up and she's like i won't marry him you can't make me and yeah I'm like, that wasn't in the book like no, where's that I coming know. from <laughs> like she was never that like <laughs> i was like Melodramatic. She just, she, well, she, it was melodramatic, she was and then she sounded like a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas in the book, she's like, 
I don't love him. We're not going to get along well. Like, mm-hmm. it's a bad match. And, and she, like, stands her ground. Like, she yeah. leaves the room, but she doesn't run away from the house, and she doesn't make this big scene. Ironically, it's almost like they made her more emotional. <laughs> they did. They made her a lot more emotional. <laughs> like, she was a lot less in control. Yeah. And so, like, there was that scene later on where Lady Catherine de Berg uh-huh. comes to visit, and they had her come at night, which... I didn't like because I feel like for her time she wouldn't have come at night just mm-hmm. for her character. Yeah. But I understand I like I like it also because it does show like that side of her character that's very controlling and expects people to do what she wants. Yeah. And it also shows like the the pace quickening in the story mm-hmm. and stuff. But like that bit where in the book um she comes back in after talking with Lady Catherine de Berg in the garden mm-hmm. and then Lady Catherine leaves. Um, her family are like, oh, what were you talking about? And then she, like, gives them, like, a brief, like, what they said, but, like, she, like, brushes it off, and the yeah. family's like, oh, okay. In the book, in the movie with Keira Knightley, it was, like, they're like, what was that? What were you talking about? What was that? And she's like, why won't you leave me alone? I was like, how old are you? <laughs> like, I think they wanted to put that in there because they, they wanted her, her well, to, they, they, they wanted her to vocalize what the audience was feeling. Now that you mentioned the whole 80s movie thing, I'm like... That kind of makes more yes. sense. It's almost like they were making a the the teen angst. They but wanted to I was throw that so in tired well. of it because I was like, this is not her character. Like they just rewrote her character. Mm. The one thing that was interesting is Darcy was played by an actor named Matthew McFadden, Fadden, something like that. Something like that. And I read it. This was interesting because um, Keira Knightley was coming out of the Pirates movies mm-hmm. um, and arguably Star Wars. I she, know she had one tiny role. <laughs> probably the only one who knows she was she was even in there yes she because she was coming out of the um pirates movie she was a big name now yeah like people knew her and so that that's why they were able to hire um and cast matthew mcfadden as darcy did you know who that was prior to this nobody knew who he was okay because i'm like i I don't i just even to to watch i only know him in the version of anna karenina after this okay um other than these two movies i know nothing but um he he's he was like a no one and they wanted a no one mm. um but the only reason they could get him is if they had a big um name as elizabeth oh okay and so one thing that is interesting is they didn't want him they wanted they changed his character mm-hmm. in a way where he wasn't as proud he didn't have as much character development mm. they very quickly early on made him just very socially awkward okay and they focused a lot more on him just unable to interact with people mm-hmm. and not knowing how to interact with people and just making mistakes and just being really shy and awkward. Yeah. Um, whereas in the book... I, like, I almost he, got the goth feeling from him sometimes, too. Sure, emo. E- or emo, sorry, not yeah. goth. Sorry. sorry. Um, like, in the book, he, he actually overcomes this. Like, he, he starts off very proud and and he thinks that he's he's better than other people and yet he has really good tendencies like he takes care of like his servants well he loves his family he loves his friends and he actually like like looks after them yeah he has good tendencies but he does think he's better than other people and it does come out in bad ways but throughout the book he grows and he overcomes it and yes and he grows as a character because of it and part of it is because he grows to know elizabeth mm-hmm. but in in the Kira knightley version that's not there like there's it's slightly there but he he doesn't grow as a character. He's he's just really shy. He doesn't know everyone, and he just kind of comes off as misunderstood. 
I think the biggest problem with the Keira Knightley version, though, is Mr. Bingley. <laughs> he was just kind of a joke. He was, yes. He, he was so goofy and ridiculous. <laughs> and, and he was just really oblivious, like, all the time. He didn't have the same... Yeah, in the book he was like friendly and well, he was obliging in, yeah and in the bbc version too yeah. he was even a little more like he was attentive yeah like he wasn't an idiot there was a little more charm to him yes mm-hmm. like he he wasn't stupid like he he knew what was happening but he was friendly yes and he he didn't want to put anybody out yeah yeah but in in the Kieran knightley version he's just kind of dumb mm-hmm. like i just there's no other way to describe it he has like no character yeah, and in retrospect, as I'm thinking back on it, in a way they kind of simplified the characters, like way too much. Well, and that's like that's why I said you know you're taking all the stuff that happens, and the beauty of Pride and Prejudice is it is a simple story, but also so much happens. Yes, and so it's not like one, two, three. This happens. Mm-hmm. Like it's all these other things that are happening as well behind the scenes and. And if you pull one thing out, like, you can't really take anything out. Yeah. Like, you can't omit anything from the story for time. Mm-hmm. So you just have to cram it in. But the problem now is the film, it just runs at this breakneck speed. Yeah. So if you've never read it, mm-hmm. you have to, like, really pay attention. Because there's, there's no context and you don't know what's happening. And you just have to pick up on things. Like, there's no time to fully flesh out the characters. Yeah. Especially beyond the family. Like, you kind of get a little bit of fleshing out in the family. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that was interesting is you actually... That I did like is they did opt in to show that the family did really love each other. Like, even though they were crazy and didn't get along <laughs> very well, like, they did love each other. Yeah. In the book, you get this idea that they kind of just make do. Okay. Like... You get, a, you get an idea that they respect each other and that they kind of just make do with what they have. Mm-hmm. In the movie, they opt in for more of a, yeah, we're quirky and we don't get along well, but we're still family. Which was the director's, one of points. his points. Yes. yes. So, like, they did show, like, at one point in the book, Mr. Bennett stops his one daughter, Mary, from singing and mm-hmm. playing the piano because she was not very good. Yeah. And she was embarrassing herself in the family and he stops her. And in a, but he stops her in a way that it comes off very badly for his character, um, and she runs off kind of upset. But in the Keira Knightley version, he ends up going up to her and apologizing, and they they like hug. Yeah. And so like they added things like that, mm-hmm. and I kind of like it. But the problem is they added some things in like that, and a lot of these sweeping scenes that weren't necessarily required. Mm-hmm. that pulled away from important time that needed to be spent on plot and character. Okay. So, like, they emphasized things that were not there instead of things that were, that should have been, I should say. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so like, you're talking about the ball scene. So, in the ball scene, they are you talking about, like, when the camera's panning through all the different stuff? Yes, like that five-minute pan around yes. the ball, yeah. Um which was interesting. Which I, on a cinematography level, yes, and a movie artist that like, just doesn't. No, art it was movie fun to art. I, I read those are the movies. I, I mean, those are the points of the movie I enjoyed the most. Hmm. But you're right as an adaptation in regards to because uh, you know reading, yeah. watching the movie first, and then going through the book. You're sacrificing. There were so time. many moments where I was like, 
that's why they were doing that. That's why she said that. Yes. Oh, that yes. makes more sense now. Yeah, there yeah. were so many scenes in the Keira Knightley version where if you had not read the book, like five things would happen in one scene because you had no time. Yeah. Like literally. And you kind of throw them away because yeah. you, you don't Yeah, you, you don't have time. no time. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth would come home and she would find out the next second that the Bingleys left. Yeah. And that Jane was not proposed to. Mm-hmm. And then you would also find out that now uh, Wickham's here. And Speaking of, I did like the way they did it in the movie, but it, it is, you're right. This is not Elizabeth Bennet. It was when she found out about Lydia. Uh-huh. And, and, oh, yeah. And she's like walking around. And she's all emotional. Up, and she's all emotional. Yeah. You know what's interesting is I kind of... I mean, she was emotional in the book. Yes. But she was emotional... Kind of in private. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And and it, and, it, scene, and, it, yeah. and it was only because Mr. Darcy walked in while she was in the middle of being yeah. emotional that it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, it was funny, though, in the movie. It was. <laughs> and it was funny is I, <laughs> I read somewhere that Emma Thompson actually wrote that in. Really? Yeah, because she helped on the script. Okay. Um, there was a few things that she had worked on. Not everything. She just helped. Okay. Um, and I kind of appreciate that in part because I just really love Emma Thompson. Mm, and okay. she wrote Sense and Sensibilities. From the nineties, the 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 movie, the movie. Okay, yeah, and I love that movie. I um, she won. We'll I think, I think she won adaptation. an Oscar for that. I think she did. Okay, she won something. But anyways, I believe she wrote that scene where she walks in and she's too emotional to talk, so she leaves and comes back. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of funny. It I kind was. of like it, but yes, it was. And then like, there's just so many so many times where we're like. Going back, she just was so childish. Oh, another one. She would be like hiding and, and like yes. watching them from a distance. The one and... that made more sense in the book and in the BBC version is the whole Georgiana. Yes, because in 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 the movie in the in the Keira Knightley movie, it's more like, oh, he led her on and then left. They, yes. Yeah. It's like okay, and oh, you how never is that... get into it. No, and it's like how is that? I mean, I understand how yeah. horrible that is, but yeah. at the same time, it's and then not there's that like bad. no resolution on their story. Yeah. Like, in the book and in the BBC adaptation, there's this really funny moment where Elizabeth and Wickham are meeting each other, like, for the first time, Mm -hmm. like, since Wickham finally married Lydia. Yeah. And she goes up to him, and she's like, I, in her mind, she's like, I can't stand you, I know who you are, Mm -hmm. and, like, and I'm not happy, but she's also, like, talking to him, and she kind of, like, says a few things very coy-like, where she's like, I know that you're a liar, but in a very smart way where she's like leading it on without saying outright you're she lets him know and he, it's never brought up again yeah, in a very polite in a very polite but very um, clever yes way she mm-hmm. lets him know that she knows he's lying yeah. and that he's no good mm-hmm. and um, and she doesn't trust him yeah and I like it because but then she also ends with but since we are brother and sister let's at least try to make this as best as amiable as possible yeah no that was a good and you don't get any of that in the Keira Knightley version no there's no time nope and so it's literally just boom 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 yeah and then it's like oh I guess they're married now and then she's like oh I'm gonna go walk in the in the mist of the morning and then oh there's Darcy I guess I'm gonna get married now yeah <laughs> you know? and I mean granting of course to the limited time frame they had to put all this in there I mean I but I just feel like they sacrificed so much time for like romanticism or expanding in a way that was not but i think that's also because i in one of the articles i read they were talking about how that was remember the one i was saying about the the scholar who kind of frets or gets upset at the jainites who over romanticize her and realize and they miss points because they see they 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 simplify it to just romance and in fact there was even one i remember i read like i went through like three or four different websites 
looking for just different uh, facts and stuff. Uh, the authors would make a comment about Mr. Darcy and how, how Mr. Darcy doesn't really exist or mm-hmm. how that's not a real, you know, he's not. And I kept on thinking to myself, are they talking about the romantic version of Mr. Darcy? Because the book version of Mr. Darcy, I know, I mean, we both talked about how that was, mm-hmm. I mean, that was us. I mean, she, I think she captured the, some of the male <laughs> awkwardness and, and, and angst very well in the, uh, in the book, in the book yeah. you know? And I'm like, and I kept thinking to myself, like, no, Mr. Darcy does exist. I don't, I just think you're, you're getting too caught up in what, uh, the romanticism part of it and missing points that are really salient in the novel. Right. Yeah. Well, and like there were, there were things they did in the Keir Knightley version. I really liked, like, mm-hmm. Like they did, they did artistic. They had artistic choices that I I can get behind that I yeah. I appreciated. Me too. Um, but and like one of them was um, for that scene where um, Darcy and Elizabeth are talking because he he's proposing to her and stuff. Instead of it being in Mister Collins' house, mm-hmm. just alone, it was outside in the middle of a rainstorm, and like he found her. He he just found her there. Oh, after church. Yeah, it was so random. Church service or something. Yeah. yeah. Um. After she was running away again, mm-hmm. she runs away so many times, <laughs> so many times. Um. But in in the in the in that movie, they wanted to emphasize the turmoil between the two of them. Yeah. And so they had the lightning storm. And I think it also. Oh yeah. So no, that that I, I see. So, like, I, I, I like that stuff. Yes. Like, I like I those artistic choices. But in it, but at the same time, I think it's also that standard. I don't know if it would be considered. Uh, I don't know if you would call it. It's not quite a trope, but it's the standard idea of, you know, the the, the woman running and the man chasing after her. It's the romanticism of yes. That. Whereas right. in the novel, I really appreciate it's more realistic. It's yes. more, well, why didn't you come and talk to me? Well, why didn't you come and talk to me? Well, because I was yeah, I was like, feeling awkward. So it's was like I lost chances? You know, that's and... my life. You know, it's it's <laughs> awkwardness of with you know when you're in those situations. Yeah. And, and well, I, they both have their merits. They yeah. both have their merits, but at the same time. But you see, I think, like, I think our audience knows where we both land. Yes, but you see, in the book, it was Elizabeth felt like this this solid character. She mm-hmm. knew who she was. She knew where she stood. Um, she knew what she stood, what she liked, and what she didn't like. And yes. she knew where her morals were. Mm-hmm. And if something came her way that troubled her or she had an issue with, she would either address it in private. Um, she would digest it. She would go for like a walk alone. Mm-hmm. Um, she would talk to the person, you know, yeah. Um, and then maybe grows a character. In the movie version with Keira Knightley, it was like she was just kind of this tomboy who would speak her mind all the time and <laughs> would be kind of rude. Yeah. And um, anytime something came up that was a shock to her, she would have to run away. But I think that goes back to the whole. I, I would argue. I would say that it goes back to the whole class. You know, she was she was lower class and therefore less refined. Yeah, but I know, I know. I'm just saying. I I just feel like if you're if you're a young woman out there and you're trying to find a model, like, do you want? Are you gonna look at Elizabeth from the book, or are you gonna look at Elizabeth from Kieran Knightley? You know what? I mean, I we are in a world (laughs) that has changed. Um, I just feel like Elizabeth from the book is like her own woman. Yeah. Whereas the Keir Knightley is this, I can't handle this, I need to run away, but, but I'm also going to yell at you. Where, and... This is where you have to stop looking at it at a superficial level, and you kind of have to look deeper in it. So, I mean, it's kind of one of those things where, it's like, I read, a, I, I saw a meme t- yesterday where at face value, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, that makes so much sense. You know, I'm not going to get into what the meme was, because it, it was political. 
socioeconomic stuff. There's and, a lot of things at face value that make sense. Yeah, but then the, the more, you know, the more, as, at face value, you could, you could take that, especially if you're a young person. Sure. You're like, oh, that's so true. And of course, that's not where my mind goes. My mind starts asking questions. Okay, well, what about A? What about B? What about C? And as I started kind of delving into the the person's uh, uh, Facebook page, I realized, oh yeah, their whole argument falls apart sure. dramatically. And so it's the same thing when you kind of look at Elizabeth, where at face value, I think as a woman, you're you want if you're looking at her as a meme, uh, two-hour movie. Oh, I want. I like that snarkiness. I like that standing my ground and being who I am, and think that 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 speaks to the, a lot of the values of people today. Well, it's like it's like fast food. It is. It is. You know, and and, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it's it's yeah. wrong per se. You know, I'm not gonna say that. But if if um, for those of us who like to look at things a little deeper, and and that's where taking your time, whether somewhat through the BBC series, but especially through the book, when you're looking at it and you're looking deeper at to what her character was, sure. it, it's not just the superficial standing your ground. It's it's, it, and, it, and I think that would you know as a person, I would say you know if I were Elizabeth, someone who was looking to, for a character like that, I would I would rather have her well thought out uh, witticism <laughs> than snarkiness. Yes, because snarkiness will get me probably punched, especially as a guy one eventually. Whereas witticism, I could very well say, like, I love Mr. Collins because they're witty with him all the time and it goes completely over yes, his head. I know. know. The There's dad, so many things they say to him yes. that are, like, um, that are like, basically insults, they but were. they're so clever that it's, it's great. I love it. So let me say this. This is kind of a final thought on the adaptations. Whereas the 1995 television miniseries is a great way of seeing a faithful retelling of Pride and Prejudice... The 2005 movie with Keira Knightley is a good introduction to the story, it giving you just the highlights, but is a way to intrigue viewers to hopefully pick up the book. Let me put it that way. Yes. So each adaptation... Heartily agree. Each adaptation was created for a different audience. Yes, it was. The BBC adaptation was clearly made for an audience that was familiar with the books and loved the books. Yeah. And it was like a love letter to that. Mm-hmm. The Keira Knightley version was made for an audience that had probably never read the books. Definitely. And it was an introduction. And they took a lot of liberties. They took a lot of artistic license. And some of it I disagree with. But I think for what it does, it suits its purpose. Yeah. That's why I say, I go back to, I don't hate the Keira Knightley version. I don't think I'll be watching it all the time. But yes. I think generally it does its job. And I think it's a it's a good movie. It is. It but, is. I mean, it's a good movie, but it's also horribly rushed. <laughs> yeah. No. So I, you have to go in knowing you need to pay attention. Yeah, if you don't pay attention for five minutes, you miss like five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I'm curious that I'm not sure if you said this on on, on the, when we were recording or not. You had a friend who disagreed with you regarding the movie. Did she read the book? I think she did. Okay. I need to ask. So, her. and that would be interesting. Like, I, I think when in talking with people, it would be interesting to get their takes if, if they've had seen both, or read and watched right. at least one. But yeah. So no, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, but I feel like it'd be easy. It'd be easy. Sorry, it'd be easy to read mm-hmm. the book without knowing much about the book yeah. and still liking the Kira Knightley version. Yeah. No. I. I think I, I once think you realize yeah. that she like a lot of the the reasons going into why she wrote the book and the style and stuff and then you look at basically the director saying yeah i'm not going to do any of that i'm going to do my own thing yeah <laughs> like so that's just for me it's a turn off personally 
there are other adaptations that have done similar things that I have loved. Mm-hmm. So I think it it just sometimes it's hit or miss. Yeah, I agree. I I think I, like I said, it's a good movie. It's it's not my favorite adaptation. Okay. Um, overall, though, are you a Jane Knight? What a Jane Knight? Is that what they're called? That's what they're called. I've never heard that. Uh. Where did you find this? Right Wikipedia? here. No, no, no. It was in one of my articles. Let me pull it. See right here. Yeah, Rudyard Clip Kipling called them the J Knights. Oh well, if Rudyard Kipling said it, so and it was actually not in a uh, negative way. He meant that positively as uh, Jane. Just Austin. sounds awkward. The J Knights. That's what they they're, they're apparently called. And I did read it a couple other times somewhere else. Why can't it be Austin Knights? That sounds like, I don't know, <laughs> like a superhero thing or other. So I have a fun question. Mm-hmm. Who is your favorite character? My favorite character? Yes. In which, okay, but when you, in which, which one? Out of all the adaptations? Sure. Of, I mean. In the book? Or the, the book, but you can say any of them. My favorite character. Because mine stays the same either way. Okay. See, I, I, for me, it, it changed. I became very partial in the book to Mr. Darcy. Really? Yes. That's in the book. In the book. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, they tried so hard in the BBC adaptation to make you like them, though. <laughs> they do, and and yet Elizabeth in the BBC adaptation is my favorite. Mm. Yeah. Oh, oh, wholeheartedly. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh, no. I could marry her. In, now. in the book, I huh. think I, I I think I got I don't know I just she wasn't as I, I love the character, but um, as I got to as maybe because I had watched the adaptations first and I had all the. <laughs> been influenced by them yeah so that's I, hard if i would have read it done it completely yeah. the opposite it's way it's hard to watch something and then go to the book yeah and then not imagine the characters from mm-hmm. the movies yeah well i didn't have them in mind it was more because like i'll be honest even when i'm reading it in my mind i don't still have i don't i don't see colin firth in my mind as mm-hmm. mr darcy and i don't see the other guy uh-huh. matthew mcfadden mcfadden as mr darcy in my mind it's a kind of a weird conglomeration, conglomeration of the two mine yeah. was kind of the same okay but i think it was but i think i viewed my like i said my elizabeth was exactly jennifer Hill. Oh, <laughs> like, okay it's not even just knowing her it's yeah. just she was literally like the personification of my visual understanding of elizabeth mm. and so when i watched her i was just enamored because it was perfect for me Okay. So yeah, for me, it was it was the resonating with Darcy and sure. the growth. You know, I, I'm like, I remember going through some really hard periods just like he did where I had to learn, mm. you know, oh, wait, other people have feelings too? What? And sure. I, okay, it wasn't that bad, but yeah. So no. I have a question before I tell you my favorite character. Okay. Out of the two adaptations, <laughs> who do you think, who, which of the Mrs. Bennets did you like more? <laughs> Because they're different. They were. And that's hard. Like, I have to give credit to the Mrs. Bennett okay, and the Keira Knightley version. Let's rephrase that question. Which one irritated me the most, but in a good way? <laughs> oh, so yes, sir. Um, I'd probably say the. Uh, I think that I liked the BBC version better. Mm-hmm. I think the other version irritated me, but not in a good way. You know, you know what's funny is... I think the BBC version is exactly how I imagined yes. mine. Mm-hmm. And so I think she was hilarious. Mm-hmm. And I've also seen her in other things. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I I think the Keira Knightley version is more tolerable. I have to go back and rewatch it. 
I'm like, trying to remember like, her now. You, in my I was head. watching the <laughs> BBC adaptation, and my my mother had come in, and yeah. she was just like, oh "My gosh, her voice!" <laughs> in the BBC adaptation, and it's it's like her thing. Like that's how she does it. She's just like, "Mr. Bennett." <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I really have to go back and watch these because I, I want to rewatch it too. But okay, so my favorite character, and I was surprised because it didn't change for any of the adaptations. <laughs> my favorite character was Mrs. Gardener. It's the Ben's aunt. Yes, I really. I, I was taken. I with don't her. remember her in the movie version. To be honest with you, Which, oh, it was it was the woman who plays um, um, Matthew's mom in um, Downton Abbey. Have you ever seen Downton Abbey? I have. It's Matthew Crawley's mom. She's also oh oh she's yes. also um she's the she's in Doctor Who she is she's yes. the she's, she's the, the prime, prime minister. minister yes that's right yes I know who you are <laughs> <laughs> sorry there's a plane yeah she was also she's in a lot of things mm-hmm. she's in a lot but I love she was a I love character. her as an actress mm-hmm. so when I found out she was playing Mrs Gardner I was like oh well perfect. Yeah. I mean, I love her anyways. And she was good in the book, too. I really appreciated yeah. the character. I loved her in the book, and she was all right in the BBC adaptation. Mm-hmm. She was really subdued, yeah, which is fine. But there's something... I don't remember... I need to know the actress's name. The one in the movie version. She There's something she brings to the character that's a bit more... Like, she's still kind of subdued, mm-hmm. because her, the garden, Mrs. Garner is. Yeah. But she also has this life to her. Mm-hmm. Like, the way she talks, there's something about it that is interesting. Mm. But I just loved Mrs. Gardner so much because she's, like, the only sister who is, like, down to earth. Yes. Because she's the sister of Mrs. Bennett uh-huh. and the other sister who lives in town. Mrs. Phillips. Yes. Yeah. And so she's, like, the only one who's, like, relatively normal mm-hmm. and, like, level-headed and she's, like, really caring. She's, she's a good mom. Yeah. She She loves her nieces. Because I think it's them who take Jane to London first. Yes, they and, do. Like, like they're looking after Jane and like, we'll take you to London. That was another change in the differences between yes. them all. Like in the movie version, they just goes. Yeah, but it also to to maybe she'll run into him. Whereas in the book, it was kind of like come with us, live with us. Yeah, and, and get, get, over, get him, over him. But then yes. Elizabeth thinks to herself, well, and maybe she'll run yes. into him. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 then um, when she realizes that. Elizabeth's having a rough time. She's like, "Join us on a tour. Like, yeah. just come with us." Yeah, and 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 so like, she's just so caring and attentive, mm-hmm. um, and just so motherly. Yeah, and but she's not an idiot. No, like no. she's picking up on things like as she goes. Like she <laughs> she takes she takes her niece at her word. Yeah, but she's also like, this doesn't seem to stand up to what you said. Mm-hmm. Like she's able to pick up on people's characters and stuff. I like the letter she writes to her about, you yes. know, she kind of intuits what something before even Elizabeth intuits. Yes. It. Mm-hmm. Yes. Cause I don't know. She's, she's just a great character. <laughs> yes. And so I just loved watching her come to life on the, in the adaptations. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I like how like the book literally ends talking about them, about Mr. And Mrs. Uh-huh. Gardner. They're the yeah. last sentence. And how Darcy, because Darcy was so taken with them mm-hmm. That they were always invited over and yeah. stuff, and like they were like best of friends, and I was like, I was like, that's perfect. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> and I was surprised that that was the ending to the book. Yeah, because literally every movie edit, every adaptation is them like getting married and kissing. And <laughs> in fact, this ended more fam- family oriented than yeah what he wanted to put about in the movie. So, so what do you think? 
about <laughs> everything. <laughs> about everything. It's a lot. It is a lot. We did talk about a lot. Yeah, we did. We talked about a we'll lot. To, we'll to, um, we're going to wrap this up now. Yeah, overall, um, I'm really glad we chose this as, as the first one. There's a lot uh, to talk about. There's a lot. We, we will not talk this much about everything. No, most of them will be a lot shorter. Some However, of the kids' books we'll talk about. <laughs> I know, we'll be... <laughs> So, but no, it was it was a good book to start with. I mean, there was a lot to go through, and I mean, taking into consideration, we could there's so many more adaptations we could have talked oh, about. Oh, so and many! And we just went through two of them. There's musical adaptations. I didn't there's, know. There's is. Yeah, I didn't. It's not very good. Okay, I was gonna say I've never heard of it. I purposefully decided not to do it. <laughs> I couldn't get through it. Yeah, and and there, heck, I even heard there's a new BBC. Uh, no, sorry, Netflix adaptation coming out. Is there in the contemporary times? Yeah. Oh. Hmm. So we already did that. It's Bridget Jones's Diary. No, I'm glad we chose this as a book. I think it was it was one. I'm I'm really glad I was able to reread it. I I forgot how much I really appreciated it and how much there was. The other thing I, I really appreciate is how much how relevant it is still to this day. Yes, you know, and I think, and this is why I I, I mentioned earlier about uh, I brought up the whole thing about you know we're not going to look into the class issues or the the, the feminist issues or the whatever you know that to me those are not as relevant um those well, are the, the story doesn't focus on it no when you're focusing on those you're i think we're missing the point yeah of the work of art that was created the author wanted to teach us about pride and, and prejudice <laughs> and and really like i said before and I, i've hit on this a couple of times the the human nature and how we are um, and I and I really walked away from the book. I mean, the, like I said, the, the BBC version was great in bringing it to life. The movie version was a was a was a good a, a really good artistic piece. Yeah, but the, it's a great way to introduce it to people. It was. It is. But and I respect it for that. The book I walked away thinking more about how I, I, I like. It's weird. I actually was thinking, how do I treat people now? Yeah. You know, how much have I grown? How you know? It, heck, it, it introduces all the different ways that people treat each other in one book. Yes. And and the pros and cons of all of them. Yeah. And and it's not really done in a way that's super judgmental. No, it's not. And it, and it's like even even for me, it, it's relevant in the relational aspects. As I was thinking, right. like, because huh. you get to see which characters grow and which ones don't. Yeah. You know, it's like, how am I treating? people when i'm you know interested or whatnot and i think that ultimately um I, like for for those of you who are are listeners who, who if you've watched the movies because they're easily the movie it's easily acceptable we i I, w- I would say we probably both agree you should watch the bbc version oh yeah um i know right now it's on Netflix. if you like the Kira knightley version just know it'll be a little different but it's like it's where, whereas Kira knightley is the appetizer the the BBC version is like the entree. Yeah. It is the main course. And it is available for streaming currently. I don't know if it'll always be so. Whereas the movie is not available for streaming. No, I had to rent that. I did too. And fun notes, when we first started this podcast, not a year and a half ago, yeah, um, when we decided we were going to be reading Pride and Prejudice, I gave us a week. <laughs> I thought I was like, I can read this in a week. <laughs> and I thought to myself the next day, well, uh, I forgot I have a job and I'm going <laughs> to school and um, yeah, so let me um, reevaluate this. Yes, but I didn't want to say I didn't want to push it back. No, so I read and read and read because it's hard to put her down. It's yeah. hard to put Jane Austen down. No, and I would also say if you're interested in reading it, keep in mind you will find a book version on tape. Yes, you can also do that, and it's it. I wouldn't call it necessarily an easy read. There were a couple times when I had to stop and reread a couple paragraphs. Uh, well, you twice. have to pay attention. Yeah, you do have to pay attention, but it's worth it. 
Oh, for sure. Very much worth it. It's not a hard read because it's not like they're hard concepts. It's not like no. You're, and, you're, it's not philosophical. And I can probably count on one hand how many times I've stopped and reread. No, no. And and she writes to a very um she writes to the common you know to the right. common reader, uh which is uh what I think uh, endears her even more. So. Anybody with a high school diploma. Yes. So, <laughs> our recommendation intro with the 2005 if you really need to uh i would say watch it anyway it's a good movie uh, but definitely work your way towards the book you will not regret it Anything and if else? you do let us know yes definitely <laughs> tell uh, us why <laughs> please and explain to us why you don't like it anything yeah no definitely and so um and now i think it's time for my favorite part of this i think i'm going to call it what type of adaptation is this do you remember the four types that we talked about, Romy? Um, I'll go over it. Okay. Well, no, wait, wait, let me let me let me try. There's okay. historical, no, figurative, no, playful. I don't know. Go ahead. Waste of time. No. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the first one is um, true to source material. True. The second is expanded. The third is artistic, and the last is message driven. And okay. if anybody has questions about this, please check out our trailer where we talk more in depth about this. But uh, for this one, um, let's talk about the BBC version first, and then we'll talk about the Kira Knightley version. Uh, what do you think the BBC version would be? Definitely true to source material. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, outside of the whole lake scene. Oh, for sure. Well, the lake scene and then the fact that you see, <laughs> you see more from Darcy's perspective, for sure. Yes, yes. But, but even then, it's not more than what's in the book. It's, it's just what you didn't see. yeah. Would you say it's it's not enough to be expanded then? I don't think it's enough to be expanded. Okay, I, agree. I mean we're the ones coming up with the criteria, so it could be whatever we wanted. That's but true. <laughs> I, I would say it's definitely true to source material. If like a distant cousin to expanded, how about that? Okay, that works. Yeah, because it, it's it's just remarkably remarkably close to the book because it's six episodes. Yeah, yeah. All right, and then okay, what about the two thousand five Kira Knightley version? I know my answer. <laughs> I want to say artistic, but I don't know if it quite fits. Oh, the... I definitely say artistic. Okay, so so artistic is artistic. symbolism and yeah, it's it's okay. usually like when they're trying to really push the message for through like symbolism and metaphors and like, mm. definitely like artistic choices, which they definitely did in yeah. the changes that they made. Well, and the fact that they made they really leaned into to adding the romanticism elements. Mm, I agree. Yeah, which are not in the book. Yeah. I would, I would say it's definitely artistic in that perspective. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah, and and I think you know we we said the whole bit about they're each geared towards a different audience, so I get it. But and you know it's it's a it's a beautiful movie, like we said. So mm-hmm. no, I agree. But definitely not true to the source material. No, definitely not. They definitely made choices mm-hmm. in in many ways. True. They full on changing characters. <laughs> yeah, that they did. Yeah, great. Awesome. We hope. Is there anything else you want to say before we wrap up? I'm sure I'll think of plenty of things once we're done. <laughs> so, well, thank you for joining us for this first episode of Willing to Adapt. Yes. Um, we really enjoyed recording this. We hope you enjoyed uh, listening to us. Yes. Once we get some of you talking back to us. Exactly. I'm sure we'll have more to say. Exactly. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Willing to Adapt. Please like and subscribe. Maybe leave a review or just share us with friends and family. We would also love if you would follow us on social media. 
If you have ideas for future episodes for us, please email us at Eric and Romy at willingtoadapt.com. That's Romy with an I. And remember, when the only thing constant in life is change, be willing, willing to, to adapt. adapt.